friends. Welcome back to All Things Divine. I am your host, Erica Dontello, and I am here to help you feel safe and secure, deeply centered, and grounded within your home. Your home being your mind, body, spirit, soul, and physical environments. Together on this podcast, we will heal, be well, and grow well. We will reach our highest divine selves and walk in our destiny, passion, and purpose. And we will do this by using psychology, complementary and alternative medicine, energy clearing and healing, as well as other holistic wellness practices. Now, the vibe also on this podcast is to evolve and execute what we've learned. So let's get started. Seek Jesus Heaven Made is a brand that strives to provide high quality Christian apparel for believers and followers of Christ. They have the most affordable and comfortable active and leisure clothing. Now their mission is to spread the gospel of Christ throughout the world while supporting those on the mission field and a portion of all cells are donated towards several mission fields. Dedicated to serve and spread the gospel around the world, they want your clothing to start a conversation. Visit them at seekjesus.co. As you know, we have already started our bonus episodes for this month because it is Black History Month, and I am sharing with you my Black history. I am so excited about this series, and it's my goal to help educate on Black history and its richness, as well as encourage you to find out your true identities and rock that shit. So before we get started, I want to personally say thank you to everyone that has streamed my first Affirmations track. The feedback that I have gotten has been so loving and encouraging, and I am just so grateful. I will continue with the tracks on our podcast, and I do hope to get them on music streaming platforms soon. So I will definitely update everyone when that happens, and then we'll just have to celebrate. But I want to say that I am just truly happy. I am grateful, and I am thankful for all of your support. Okay, session one of my Black History episode has been gaining traction and I am so pumped about this and I pray that you are all rocking that shit, meaning rocking and owning your identity and standing proud of who you really are. You know that I am going to personally tell you stories about my ancestors and the first ancestor that I'm going to discuss next week is Peter Ware from England. He is my 12th great-grandfather. Now, we're still building up to this. So today on session 1A, we are going to talk about spaces with my personal Black history. Now, when I was younger, I had a really unique childhood. I was raised in the house with two parents. One parent had a drastic lifestyle that I won't go into detail about. And the other parent, my mother... She raised us with the help of my grandmother. So basically what I'm saying is that I'm not the product of my environment because I did see certain things, but I was only allowed around certain people and other environments 
that sheltered me from what was going on on the other side of the house. So the friends that I grew up with are predominantly white and they never brought up race. Most of the time, I'm just going to be real, I forgot I was even black and that there was even a difference in our skin because they just simply didn't care. This is one of the core memories of my childhood and I am still friends, best friends with them to this day. I'm going to share with you a personal story where race played a factor and it mentally and emotionally did huge damage to me. I'm talking about damage to where I need therapy. I needed therapy for about five years. Before I tell this story, I want to say that this is my truth, the truth, and nothing but the truth. And if others are allowed to spin their version, I should be allowed to stop being silent out of fear and tell the truth. I'm sure that some people may have an idea of who I'm talking about, but let me just say one thing. This is about educating. We are in Black history, and it is my goal to educate the spaces that some people of color put themselves in that is really damaging. I also want to say that this is not the entire environment that I was around. I'm not talking about the extended environment. I'm talking about the immediate one because there are about 15 people in that extended environment that was so loving to me, never brought up color, and they're just real solid people. They never and have never disrespected me, and I have so much respect for them. But in honor of Black History Month and me being so proud to stand in my truth, finally, I will tell the truth. So here we go. So as you know, I have talked about my childhood a little bit, and I said how I was predominantly around white people. They never brought up color. This was from, if we're going off of my memories, kindergarten to me being a senior in high school and graduating. That was my entire life um, up until that point. So that's how I was raised. That's what I was around. But I found myself in an environment where race was an issue. It was always highlighted and brought up. Black jokes, hearing about racism, hiding me from people because I was black, having to accept someone saying that they didn't want their child around mine because my child is black. Now, my child is biracial, but that's what they said. And I couldn't say anything, y'all. I could not turn up because I was told that if I turned up, that it it would affect their relationship with getting to see that specific child. So I had no one to stand up for my child and I couldn't even stand up for my child. And I was so confused because my entire life up to that point, the color of my skin never came up. I never heard black jokes or anything about racism. Now, I know you're probably thinking, what? But it's really true. Now, of course, growing up in a black home, I did hear my dad talk about racism and the treatment of black people. And some people would say that my dad is racist, but you know, I just let them just kind of go with that of what, okay, think whatever. My dad actually was, is biracial. (laughs) He is biracial. And I paid no attention to what he was saying at that time because 
that was not my core reality because my friends were right were white and they loved me and we have the best memories they looked at the person from what they presented and that was it because trust me with some things that were going on within my household if i was a parent trying to make a decision on if i'm going to let my child hang out with this other child their parents had reasons to say hey sorry you can't hang out with erica based off of the actions of my dad but they still hung out with me i still could go to their house and go to sleepovers and they loved me and they love me and one thing i do want to say about my dad because i know it was like this big rumor that my dad is racist he's racist but my dad was and and i'll just say this now and i'm sure it's going to come up within this black history series, but my dad is biracial. And like during his times, obviously it was segregation. He has white family members and he has family members that came over from Italy and Switzerland. And although his family members, they knew that he was their relative, he was treated a certain way. So if he wanted to play with his white cousins, he did tell me a story of him having to go through the back door so that nobody could see that a black kid because he i mean his skin tone even though and i hate saying this i hate being stereotypical like this but his specific skin tone which is the same tone as my son you could pass as being african-american so he would have to go through the back and it was just like a big secret that they were even cousins. Um, and so he did feel a certain way about that and he carried that with him and was hurtful as a kid. But, and so he, he didn't want us to experience that. And I don't know if that's what he felt would happen, but he was always telling us to just be careful. And he just didn't want really much to do with the white race because of how he was treated, but he never disrespected them. So I just want to get that out there. I just want to lay that on the table. Moving on, being in an environment where not being a good person, I'm sorry, where being a good person was not good enough. And it was pointed out constantly that I was black, the only black person. And it was just so much. If I can just be truthfully honest and just be real 100 with you right now, that really fucked my mind up for so many years, at least 20 years. I felt like I had no one to take up for me. And I'm trying not to cry during this episode. So guys, if I cry, I'm sorry. I, you know, I have been through therapy. I've done a lot of work on myself as well as other therapists, but just talking about it again it just you know it takes me down this path to where it's just sad because I did I felt like I had no one to take up for me and I knew it was wrong and I would tell my grandmother my mom about it and they would confirm that it was wrong but by then I was so far down a toxic trail that I didn't even get out of it for a really long time and I do remember telling a close friend one time that I felt that a specific person was embarrassed of me because I was black. I was not allowed to go to 
certain other spaces because they said a lot of black jokes or they said the n-word and so although I made myself feel like it was I was being protected that wasn't the case because the energy that that specific person gave off first of all you went and I had to stay back with my child you went and then whenever I would see you again when you got back, the energy was almost like an embarrassed type of energy. And it wasn't just something that I was feeling. And there are specific, more uh, detailed situations that I just don't want to get into. But I did tell this friend and she allowed me to tell her everything that I was experiencing. And I know that she was hoping that I was misunderstanding things. But at the end of that conversation, I will never forget. She was just so quiet and I could hear that she was really hurt. And she said, Erica, I'm so sorry. And I don't want to say this to you, but I have felt a certain type of way. And I was hoping that when you told me this, that I could, it could go another way, but I just want to let you know that you're right. And that I also think that. And that feeling became more apparent to me in the final year of the slavery that I was in. And honestly, I felt that way. And I realized that this, I've seen this happen in other interracial relationships. Well, the ones that the toxic ones where race is an issue. It was so bad that when that situation ended, I was painted out to be the stereotypical scorned black woman. And I know that I've mentioned this a few times on the surface, but you know, now we're getting deeper into why I'm saying that without going too deep. But being treated that way and being disrespected and looked down on and being in that, being out of that space, but still having to kind of communicate with that space and then being looked down on, like it, it just reminded me of just slavery days or segregation days when the person would look down on you like you were just trash. And that experiencing that, I further lost my mind. Because I just didn't understand why I was being disrespected when, I'm going to be real, I was a stand-up chick. Sure. Did I have areas of opportunity? Yes, I did. But it, it wasn't toxic to where I would scar someone for life. I felt constantly rejected and unloved. And I'll never forget crying out to God on the stairs of a home that I was living in at the time. And I thought to myself, how the fuck did I end up here? I had to have been about, I don't know, maybe I was like 23, 24. And I literally was thinking, how the fuck did I end up here? My childhood friends were gone at the time because I pushed them away. I couldn't tell them what was really going on. I was afraid to tell them. And I just remember thinking like, this is not how I was raised to be. Like I was, I wasn't raised to be in this type of environment to where I feel just so alone and constantly pointed out that I was black, it's not making sense. Like I'm in complete hell. So what did I do? Well, I cowered down even more and I accepted it, unfortunately. 
like I said, I was not in my right state of mind. And when you're going through something like that for so many years, and it it's so drastic from how I was raised, I didn't know how to handle a situation like that. Like I only knew how to show love and I kept doing these circus acts. Freedom Mastery is the number one life planner. It not only helps you get organized, but it also teaches you about manifestation. Now their intention is to create the best tools, planners, and trainings that help you create freedom on all levels of life so that you can manifest your dream life. They have worldwide shipping, fast results, and over 500,000 users. So if you want to get organized while also manifesting your dream life and seeing it come to fruition, go ahead and check out Freedom Mastery at freedommastery.com. You will not regret it. To, and I'm calling them circus acts because basically what I would do is, well, I don't want to say that me being educated was a circus act because I'm really big on education, but I would be more educated than everybody around me in that um, space. And I would go above and beyond for the people in that space. It could be, I don't even want to go get into detail, but I would go above and beyond for people in that space. And that was never reciprocated. Let me tell you, that was never like if someone was in a bind and like I was that one, like standing there trying to like, no, this is not going to happen. I'm going to take it for them. But like that never happened for me or my child. And so that's why I call them circus acts because, you know, when the, when the show is over, when that curtain closes, I mean, it's just darkness until you have to perform again. So I just remember being just down and I, but I accepted it and I stayed in it longer. And I remember after my son was born, that whole experience was horrible. The pregnancy, everything. And I hate saying that because obviously my son and I were so close. I love him. Like he, he's a solid dude. I love my son, but I had preeclampsia and I ended up getting induced early because my blood pressure was so high that I was about to stroke. And I just remember it was just an emergency. Like they were just like, no, you got to get to the hospital now. And my blood pressure was not high to where I was going to stroke that day because of the preeclampsia. Now, I will never share what happened to me and why I had to be induced. And only a few people know. But I remember having my son and his godmother. My son has two godmothers. But one of them came to visit me with her husband. And I wanted to tell her so bad everything that I was going through. And just just everything down to other things that happened in that um, space. But the, the, the things that I'm trying to see how I can word this, the things that I was experiencing regarding race, I wanted to tell her everything all the way down to it being discussed. How dark would my son be? But I didn't. I cried hours after she left because I wanted so badly to let her know 
because I knew she would come up with a solution to help me escape. I mean, that she is that chick for that. She can work well under high pressure situations and she will come up with a quick plan. She's that girl. But I didn't say anything. And when my son got older, a person in that space told my son that he was a mutt. Now, my son still brings that up to this day, just randomly will bring it up. And what happened where was that there was a conversation where he was asked all of his ethnicities because, or he asked all of his ethnicities because it was being discussed. So naturally he said, oh, well, what am I? So what should have been said was, well, you are dot, 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 and repeated what you said your ethnicity was, but you looked at my son and you told him that he was a mutt. Y'all, I couldn't turn up. I couldn't. Cause like what parent wouldn't turn up and act a fool? I couldn't, I couldn't say anything because every time that I did, it was turned and like painted into me being a scorned black woman. I don't even know where that came from. Like, I don't care about the stuff before. No, you called my biracial son a mutt. And let me tell you how deep this goes. So that happened with my son. And then my son would have football games. And this these particular people in this space were, you know, going to the games, got some shirts on, screaming for him. So it was like a constant mind fuck where I know you said this to my son. I've tried to have a conversation with you. You disregard it. And I don't, then I don't know what you convince yourself. And then you try to appear a certain way in public. So if my son turned up in public and, or, or I turned it up in public, which is what I used to do, because that would be the first time that I would see them. So it was up, but I used to do that. Then it would look a certain way because other people saw you cheering and being like, quote unquote, supportive. Y'all, I'm telling you this legit happened to my son. He's almost 21 years old and you can ask him this. He is not going to sit here and like, he's just not playing about it anymore. He's like, no, this is, this really happened to me. So we learned silence and I started teaching my son how to stay, take up for himself. And I know it's wrong because I am raised Southern, Southern Texas, and we don't talk back to grownups. We don't do any of that, but I had to teach my son how to be petty because I'm not in that space anymore. And I kind of am, but I'm not 100% in that space, but you are. And you don't have anyone to take up for you. So, okay, next time somebody says this, I'm going to teach you how to talk back. And and I'm sorry, like that's, that's all I had. That's what I did. And we got so good at playing the happy part that by the time my son was a senior, it was his senior summer. We were so disconnected from that place and we were just ready to go because we knew that we were leaving the state. And we were just done with pretending everything was fine and just all of the games and just the racial stuff. Like we were just done. But 
that is how we were conditioned. So y'all, this shit all really happened. It really legit happened. And I've been so quiet about it for so many years out of respect because I didn't want for anything like this to get out. And then also because I was conditioned to be quiet because I couldn't say anything because I keep saying because and I apologize (laughs) because I just said it again. But when things like this would happen, for example, like the mutt situation, what other people saw in public was a show. But what was happening behind closed doors, again, calling my son a mutt, if I would have reacted in public, it would look crazy. And so because you are putting on a show, me and my son, we put on the same show. So that's what we did. That's how we had to get through it. So imagine being around spaces where you were loved and accepted, color was never brought up, to being pointed out that you were black constantly. Now, do you think I was going to say that I was also indigenous or that my dad was biracial in that space? Hell to the no. The constant anxiety I felt when being told that I had to go somewhere and that they might say the N-word, so just get used to it. What? Get used to it? What the fuck? So... I learned to perform in hopes to get them not to bring up my color because again, if we are are talking about this and I'm going back and we're going to use the psychology realm now, remember before I, my conditioning is, well, if you're a good person, then that's all that matters because that is how I was raised for 18 years of being around the the people and spaces that I was in, like we were solid. My family is solid people. We're, we're good people. And I mean, of course no one's perfect, but like our character is all that matter, not color. So I learned to perform in hopes to get these people not to bring up the color of my skin because I'm, that's all I knew is be a good person, be a good person. So that's why I said I did these circus acts I was just trying to be more educated, trying not to get in trouble, tried. I mean, I tried everything. And like I said, it was a total mind fuck. So the spaces that I'm in now are the same as when I was younger. I do have all my besties back and more. I am loved and I am so happy. And that's the same for my son. And he's older now. Like I said, he's almost 21. And so he has very, he has a fortress of boundaries, (laughs) but I'm in the same situation that I was in as a child, but it's even better. Racial slurs are not even in their vocabulary. And honestly, the first time I was asked to talk about racial concerns and oppression with them, I was shook. I was really scared. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they were sending me articles and they knew at the time more about black culture than me. And I've heard their views on racism. And honestly, I was scared again because I thought, well, okay, well, the friendship is over because they are going to say the N word. Or if we were out or just even, I don't want to say 
were always out, but if we were out or at their home, having drinks, laughing, talking, playing games, my mentality, it was still so bad that the more drinks that they were having, I started getting nervous because I thought for sure something racial is going to come out and I have to learn how to set boundaries. Like this is not okay. I'm thinking, well, I mean, they're my besties, but they might not be for long. But let me tell you that never happened and it never will. It like, I know that 100%, it never will happen. And I'm so glad to be in the space that I'm in now. I'm so thankful to be loved and honored for who I am. I just, I feel safe. And I feel secure with all of my loved ones. And I thank them for healing the part of my life where I was just so lost. It's important for a person of color to be in a welcoming space. Honestly, everyone should be in a welcoming space. And I shared my previous story with you, not to take digs at anyone from past spaces, but to help educate you in understanding that That type of treatment is never okay. If you are in a space with friends where you feel that you cannot show your true authenticity in your ethnicity, then that is not the space for you. Do not accept comments like, oh, well, you know she's not really racist. She just says those words. Or we make fun of other races whenever we're drunk. It's not a big deal. And never accept someone calling your child any name other than their birth name or a sweet nickname. Who you are matters. And if people in your space say they love you, they would honor who you are. So do an inventory check on your space. Can it be improved or do you need to be removed and find your people? It's important. Thank you for listening to session 1A. I'll see you next week when we discuss my 12th great-grandfather, Peter Ware from England, on the bonus episodes for Black History Month. Until next time, friends, see you later.